today, I want you to grab your Bible. I want you to turn with me to Psalm 9. Psalm 9 is what we're going to be looking at this morning. And, uh, you know, I just enjoy hearing people's stories. As a, as a pastor, I get to hear a lot of stories. Uh, what I've learned is that people love to talk um, about who or what they enjoy. And uh, near the top of the list are stories about uh, successful family members, um, be it grandchildren, children. Uh, I hear a lot of stories about experiences, about trips, um, maybe even to faraway places. Uh, I get to hear about encounters with interesting individuals, maybe times that someone met a celebrity, uh, maybe my own personal achievements or theirs. Um, while it is true that people like to talk about that which they enjoy, I'm also afraid of this statement I'm about to make, but I'm going to say it. I, I am afraid to report that there may be one exception to this. Uh, people like to talk about the things they enjoy, except there really does seem to be an exception to this rule. And it is often the case that Christians are reluctant to talk about God. Now, I say that because though our chief end may be to enjoy God, though we typically share that with others, um, or we typically share with others what we enjoy, very few of us are comfortable <laughs> talking about that enjoyment of God. Just thinking about it, it's got me choked up. Um, typically, we share with others what we enjoy, but for some reason, we fail to mention that we enjoy God. Maybe it's whatever reasons there are behind it. But last Sunday, I talked about Revelation 2, reminded us that we need to regard Christ as our first love. That means we should be talking about Him first in our lives, not just resting in the fact that things are there. So what I want to look at in this today is, you know, we learned through Psalm 1 that loving the Lord requires that we delight in and meditate on his word. King David shows us this morning in Psalm 9 what that delight actually looks like. That's why I'm doing these two in order the way we're doing it. David shows us what first love sounds like. And for David, he was eager to tell others about his Lord and so, you know, my prayer is almost twofold. First, that we might follow David's example of how to express our joy in the Lord. And uh, secondly, that we might follow David's example of declaring God's goodness to others. So I want to focus on the first 11 verses of Psalm 9. And, and there's going to be three predominant themes that emerge within this first 11 verses. The first theme is going to be praising the Lord uh, and the praise the Lord deserves. And that's verses 1, 2, and 11. The second is going to be the power that God displays, verses 3 through 8. And the third, the protection God promises, verses 9 and 10. So as we look at this and as we think about this and as we begin to break this down, the first thing I want to do is open us up in prayer. But we are going to be looking at those three themes today here in Psalm 9. This is subject matter that brings 
that David brings before us and the praise the Lord that deserves, the power he displays and the protection he promises, the relation between those three themes is that God's power and protection uh, form the basis of David's praise in the psalm. We're going to look at that, but let's open in prayer this morning. Father God, we thank you. We praise you. We give you the glory this morning. We are gracious that you have given us an opportunity to come together in this way. Lord, help us to be aware of you. Help us to see what you're doing in us. Help us to follow the path that you have set for us. And Lord, guide us, lead us, direct us. And we just praise you this morning. We pray it in your holy and precious name. Amen. Again, we come into this Psalm, Psalm 9. I will thank the Lord with all my heart. I will declare all your wondrous works. I will rejoice and boast about you. I will sing about your name, Most High. When my enemies retreat, they stumble and perish before you, for you have upheld my just cause. You are seated on your throne as a righteous judge. You have rebuked the nations. You have destroyed the wicked. You have erased their name forever and ever. The enemy has come to eternal ruin. You have uprooted the cities and have the very memory of them has perished, but the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for judgment, and he judges the world with righteousness. He executes judgment on the nations with fairness. The Lord is a refuge for the persecuted, a refuge in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you because you have not abandoned those who seek you, Lord. Sing to the Lord who dwells in Zion. Proclaim his deeds among the nations. Now we could go on through that psalm, but those 11 verses, what I want to focus on today, David begins the psalm by stating these words, I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. David's first message is vertical. It is not to the people. It's not, I want you to see what I'm saying. David's first message is, I will give thanks to God for he is holy. He is the one who is uh, my focus. David's first preoccupation here is with God. David does not begin by counting his blessings. He begins by thanking the one who had blessed him. I want us to see that. This is no token thank you. This is a thank you that is given with all of his heart. This is a thank you that we again gain insight into how we should worship God. Because David does not merely say that he praises God. With his heart. David does not merely say that he praises God with some of his heart. David says that he praises God with all of his heart. Now, if King David were among us today, could you imagine David saying that he missed church on Sunday because he was too busy doing other things? Could you imagine that David said, Well, I was too busy to watch the service online or to even show up? I couldn't set that time aside. It was just too much for me to do. Could you imagine David saying he missed church because he was, you know, had company arriving that afternoon? Or could you imagine that David missed church because of any reason? I can't, and I don't think you can. I don't think you can imagine this because David's heart was not divided. David had God as his first love. It was the first love that David had in his heart. 
If you look at the second half of verse one, you see that David's love for the Lord was not merely a private matter. David did not hold to the just Jesus in me type of Christianity that we want to kind of display in the world around us. Now, I want you to understand I'm not trying to come down on anyone, but David writes here and says, I will tell of all of your wonderful deeds. I will talk about what you have done for me. That is not someone that says, well, Jesus and I've got this figured out and then just leaves it alone. That's not someone who sits back and holds on to that gold that they've found because they know it could save the world. No, this is someone who is saying, I will tell of all of your wonderful deeds. David speaking to others about the goodness of God was his natural inclination. It is the natural inclination of a heart that is wholly devoted to God. We even kind of talked about that last week. And we see this to be true in the life of David. David cannot contain himself. He is so overwhelmed, so wrapped up, and so compelled to tell others about the goodness of God. He then goes on to write, I would be glad to exalt in thee. I would be glad to exalt in you. Verse 2, I will rejoice and boast about you. The words he says here. Now, Commenting on the Hebrew word translated exult, John Calvin wrote that David means that he finds in God a full and an overflowing abundance of joy, so that he is not under the necessity of seeking even the smallest drop of any other quarter. Now, more simply put, David is saying that God is sufficient. He is saying, you have upheld me. I will rejoice and boast about you because he's simply saying you're sufficient. David is saying that the pursuit of happiness begins and ends with God and God alone. The Lord is enough. And realizing that the Lord is enough, David declares, I will be glad and exult in thee. Once again, David cannot contain himself. His joy in the Lord is just too great. And so he writes, I will sing praise to thy name, Most High. I will sing about your name. I will sing praise to you, Lord. You see, David's example then is that we are to testify to the Lord's goodness in both word and in song. Not just come together and speak, but David wants to sing. David knows that God is sufficient and he wants to pour it out and he wants to sing to the Lord. It is a sad thing that in many churches, hymns are mumbled rather than sung. Now, that might step on a few toes. It's also a sad thing that one can sing without any thought about the words they are singing. Singing, we learn from David, is something that overflows from a heart that is totally devoted to God. I know it might be stepping on your toes, but think with me today. That's one thing I miss about the times we are in is the, the lack of us being able to sing, at least sing a lot. I find moments where I'm just so overwhelmed and overflowed that I just sing. Singing is something that overflows from a heart totally devoted to God. Singing praises is not supposed to be a Sunday morning routine that is done out of obligation. It should be a natural inclination of someone who loves God, that there be a song in your heart, a praise sung to him. But 
too many times, especially being in the role of a pastor, you look back over the congregation and you see faces that are glum, faces that are still in stone, and many stand there stone-faced, not singing. Part of David's enthusiasm towards singing, I suspect, had to do with his recognition of who he was singing to. David is singing praises to the Most High God. You see, David realized that he was singing to the supreme being of the universe, the creator, the maker of life, the one who deserved it. Would we refrain from singing? Would we half-heartedly mumble the words of a hymn if we were aware that God was in the audience? I mean, when we go to concerts, we scream at the top of our lungs because the artist is right there with us. Why are we afraid to worship by even remotely singing out? Oh, well, my neighbor might hear me. My neighbor might know. Who cares about your neighbor? This isn't about your neighbor. This is about you overflowing from the heart. David is our example. He loves the Lord with an undivided heart, and it brings him to a fullness of joy. The Lord is his first love and makes him sing. David is so impressed with the goodness of God, he cannot refrain from sharing that love with others. He wants to tell others about it. Now, the next six verses admittedly have a different tone. There's this quite different tone. Up to this point, we've heard the praise that God deserves. And now, verses three through eight we read about the power that God displays. David has seen God's power at work and he's seen his enemies turned back. And as it says in verse three, David has witnessed the destruction of the wicked by the hand of God. What we see here is that David is saying that these things are happening. David is saying that God will execute judgment You know, if it weren't for verse 8, those first five verses before that might scare us. But verse 8, the Lord will judge the world in righteousness. He will execute judgment for the peoples with equity in order to keep us from thinking that God is unnecessarily harsh. David speaks of God's justice and righteousness in the same breath as he speaks of God's power and wrath. And on the basis of this great power and perfect justice, David gives us confidence in the protection that God promises. You see, David says the Lord will be a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, O Lord, has not forsaken those who seek thee. See, this, of course, is good news for those who love the Lord. Now, it should go without saying that protection from God does not mean exemption from harm. Verse 8 presupposes that those who love the Lord will experience times of trouble. He judges the world with righteousness. He executes judgment on the nations with fairness. The protection that God promises is in the midst of troublesome times. We all know what it's like to be oppressed, to go through a difficult day. The world might try to tell you you don't, but trust me, if you are a Christian in the world today, you know what some sort of oppression feels like. Some of us experience oppression in the home. 
some oppression at work, some experience oppression from a disease, some oppression from our relationship with particular individuals. In the midst of our oppression, God promises us strength. That is his strength. He is ever present as a stronghold in our lives. We face oppression in the world today because we believe in God. But we don't face near the oppression they do in other countries. What should our response to this be? What should we do? We should see God's perfect power on display. We see God's protecting hand and sufficient strength at work through these difficult, troublesome times. How should we respond? Verse 11, sing praises to the Lord who dwells in Zion. Declare among the nations his deeds. We see that we should sing and declare his glory to the world around us. Our first response is worship. Sing praises to the Lord. David says worship is always first. Before we do anything, worship. We must give thanks to the Lord with all of our heart. With true biblical worship, however, there is always a spillover. There is an overflow. There is an effect that will happen. We can contemplate the works of God only so long before we are irresistibly compelled to tell others about him. If his spirit is alive in you, if you are overflowing with that spirit of God today, then you will tell others and you will sing praises to the Lord. What this means is that evangelism is inevitably the fruit of our worship. It happens because of the spirit being alive in us. Loving Jesus must always come first. True worship must always come first. But we learn from David that true joy in the Lord is followed by evangelism. There is no other way. I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. I will tell of thy deeds. Sing praises to the Lord and declare among the nations his deeds. I will declare his deeds. Why? Because he is alive in me today. So what have we learned from this today? Well, I pray we've learned a lot more about our God. I pray that we have a better understanding about his praises and the praise that he deserves. The power he displays, the protection he promises. But I also pray that we better understand our obligation to the Lord today. I pray that we understand what the praises and the worship we express and the joy that we experience must spill over into the evangelism that we carry to others. If we are to properly glorify God, we must do as he commands us. We must love him. We must love others. And we must share it with the world to help make disciples. See, David teaches us that the works of God are meant to be celebrated. He teaches us that they are to be celebrated publicly and that they are to be published among the nations. So if the Lord has done great things for you, will you begin today? And tell others of his greatness. Will you begin today and tell others of the love that God has for them? If the Lord has become your joy, will you share that with others today? Hear those verses again. I will thank the Lord with all my heart. 
I will declare all your wondrous works. I will rejoice and boast about you. I will sing about your name, Most High. And then verse 11, he says, Sing to the Lord who dwells in Zion. Proclaim his deeds among the nations. See, we are to sing unto the Lord today. We are to sing unto the Lord the song that he places in our heart. We are to sing unto the Lord because we have no choice but to sing because in our hearts he has overflow. There is an overflow today within each one of us that must overflow and come out. It must flow over and allow us to be shown to others. We must show others our love for God because of the overflow in our hearts. There's always an overflow. And in the overflow lies the blessing. Are you willing to stand up on his word today and do just that? You have a decision to make. Let us know. We will pray with you. We will pray for you. And we're going to pray right now. Comment on the video. Let us know. Comment on wherever you're hearing this message. Let us know about what decision you need to make. Send us messages. We want to know. It doesn't have to be a public message. You can send us a private message. But eventually it needs to become public because we need to love God first and foremost. We need to love others. That is important. But for us to delight in the Lord, we must be complete that overflow that allows us to share to help make disciples. Are you willing to share the gospel message today? Not just live it and say, me and Jesus have this figured out. Me and Jesus have this whole situation under wraps. Me and Jesus, me and Jesus, me and Jesus. You and Jesus may have an agreement about it, but if you're not overflowing and telling others about Christ, do you have what it takes to even have the agreement? worth praying for today. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us a hope, a hope in you. And God, we know that you have shown us your glory in a mighty way. Lord, we may not understand the things that you do for us, but God, help us to exemplify you in the way that we carry ourselves to the world around us. Lord, we are truly blessed to be called your children. And if there be one who is hearing this message today that needs to come to know you, then Lord, I pray that their heart be touched by you. I pray that they would know who you are today. Lord, go with us, lead us, continue to show us your glory, direct the steps and the paths that we are on, and lead us where you would have us to go. We pray this in your holy and precious name. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. And again, we want to thank you for tuning in for our services here on our uh, podcast page. Thank you for listening and hope you had a blessed time with us. You can get more information on Newland Christian Church at newlandchristianchurch.com or go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash newlandchristianchurch. Until next week, we hope you have a blessed week in the Lord.